Big Orange football, Big Orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Uh, man, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. You uh, definitely have a young team, uh, you know, with some new faces and, you know, trying to embrace a new culture that this coaching staff is trying to get to uh, bring to us. And everybody wasn't bought in. And that's, that's what happens when, you know, when everybody's not bought in. That's when you get inconsistent play. That's Tennessee senior defensive end Kyle Phillips when asked why has Tennessee been so inconsistent this year, pointing out not everybody has bought in. This is Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin, VFL. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. If you want to join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Jay. Jay, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey, uh, Jimmy, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Jay. Yes, sir. Um, you know, guys, I'll just give you my kind of my thoughts. Um, to me, Pruitt has been going to a, a gunfight with a butter knife. Um we I, we don't we're not a, a good football team. We're not a talented football team, and there's only so much you can do. I mean, uh, you, you can't turn a donkey into a thoroughbred, so to speak. And I've heard numerous analysts, Chris Lowe of ESPN, he said that Tennessee is by far the slowest team that he's seen in person this year. You know, Chris goes all over the country, sees all kinds of teams, and uh, I, I heard him make that statement a couple weeks ago. You know, Cole Kublick at the beginning of the season said uh, that if we get to a bowl game, it's a miracle because he believes besides Arkansas, Tennessee has the worst talent in the league. And so it's hard for me to judge Pruitt uh, pass or fail because we're going severely undermanned. We're slow, we're small, and I don't believe a lot of these guys have the mental fortitude that it takes to play at a high level in this league. Uh, now, there's no way of, I guess, truly knowing that, but just what I see on the film, the film just, or, or, or watching the games, it just tells me that these guys, some of these guys just don't have it. Not, that clip that you just played, Jimmy, with Kyle Phillips, you know, that's a big part of it. And, and it's the same thing with Scott Frost at Nebraska. He won four games this year. Jeremy Pruitt won five, playing the second toughest schedule in the country. Scott Frost is a good football coach, but there's there's things that he's dealing with and, and similar to what Tennessee's trying to deal with. So I don't know, guys. I think it's just hard to judge because we are such an untalented football team, in my opinion. Well, uh, two quick things on that. One is Nebraska finished uh, much stronger than Tennessee. So you could right. definitely see Nebraska getting a lot better. Tennessee did not. Uh, the other thing is that, and I'm not arguing it, but I want to make this point. If Tennessee is the slowest team that Chris Lowe has seen, and if they are no more talented than anybody in the league except Arkansas, then you have to think Pruitt's a heck of a coach because they beat Auburn and Kentucky. Right? Well, Cole, Cole, Cube, Cole, yeah, I mean, Cole Kublick said that this was at the beginning of the season. At the, I, I had him on my show, and he said, and what he said was Tennessee has one of the worst rosters in the SEC. It's in the bottom third, and it's his, and it's worse than Ole Miss. That's what he said on the, the show we had him on. I don't know if that's yeah, the same he, thing you're talking about. Uh, I, 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 th- I think it may have been something different because when I, I, I heard him say that if we get to six wins, they should start to uh, they should basically erect a statue of Jeremy Pruitt because that's how bad this roster is. 
So and, I get and back that's to what I'm saying it, it, it's just hard to judge that. I think it's hard to judge a coach, Jimmy, in my opinion, when the talent is so bad. I mean, it's clear that the talent is not there. We we get and you know Barton Simmons even said he said Vanderbilt is a more talented football team, and the NFL draft will prove that. I mean, we're just not a good football team. That's, I'm not, that's not that's not what I was discussing though with you. What I'm saying is, if you are believing all those things, and I'm not debating it, but if you're believing it. Uh-huh then you must think Pruitt did a heck of a job beating Auburn and Kentucky. So you would feel well, really good of, about what he's doing. Well, think about it like this, Jimmy. Uh, you, you said Nebraska closed stronger. They did. But Tennessee has two of the more impressive wins. And let's say we don't beat uh, Kentucky and Auburn, but we beat Missouri and Vanderbilt and close strong and still finish 5-7. and seven. The perception's probably a little bit different. Sometimes perception is reality. I think the perception would be different if you would have beat those two teams and ended with two wins and, and lost to maybe Kentucky and Auburn, I think you know some fans would actually they would just feel better. But I, I'll just say this, and I'll hang up. All, all of the coaches that have raved about how smart of a football coach Pruitt is, all of his former players that have raved about him, I just that all there has to be some type of substance there, and I just think there's a cultural issue and there is a severe talent issue at the University of Tennessee, that definitely needs to get fixed before I can fairly judge Pruitt. That's just my opinion. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Um, Tim, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not calling for a new coach, but with his performance three out of the last four games, uh, I'm not willing to give him too much credit yet either. I'm sort of just on the fence. Uh, You know, eventually he's got to show us that he can win with what he's got. And it's unfair to expect him to win a great deal uh, with things as depleted as they were. I get that. But he's got to show that, you know, he can dominate the game as a defensive signal caller. And I thought he got schooled particularly against Missouri and a good quarterback. Every time he ran a blitz, they knew it was coming ahead of time, threw right in the spot where the blitz was. To me, that's a defensive signal caller a little bit. And I – uh and I got to give him the blame for that, but he'd probably answer if I had somebody that could get there with the skill to get there on the blitz, then we wouldn't have had to worry about him throwing to the spot we vacated. But it, I don't know. I mean, it's premature to try to judge him on this year, but I didn't see a whole lot of getting better from beginning to end. Yeah, and what I was trying to go with Jay is that if Tennessee is all that, they're slow. They're they're uh, not big, they're strong, they've got the worst roster in the league other than Arkansas. If you believe all that, then you must feel really good about what Pruitt did this year. If you believe all he that. He didn't go that far. <laughs> well, but, but that's what I was trying to get him to say, though. Yeah. If you if you buy into all that, then if you beat Auburn and Kentucky, then you must think Pruitt did a heck of a job in winning two games he wasn't supposed to win. So I, I think the people that I know that are close to the program told me that we had gone back to practicing football around there. That I they were that. working hard, that they were having some discipline, uh, you know, things like turning off the music and, you know, they were back to old school uh, playing hard. And uh, maybe they just didn't have enough talent to get there. Uh, but I I like what he says. I guess I just don't like the result like everybody else. That was painful. Yeah. Saturday was pain. Saturday hurt me. I found it difficult to keep looking at the television. It was It was rough. Uh, the the thing that's perplexing to me is that when you watch that game between Tennessee and Vanderbilt last night, you would come away saying Vanderbilt has more talent probably. 
Wouldn't you? I don't think there's much question about that. Okay. Then how? Because Vanderbilt's, and I know recruiting rankings aren't everything, but they're also not meaningless. So Tennessee had top 15 ranked classes under Butch Jones on average. Vanderbilt was probably in the 40s or 50s. So how does that happen? Is that uh, like a buy-in? Is it a lack of player development? Is it a, a bad culture? Is it a lack of mental toughness? How, how probably, that... probably yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I'm not a part of the team. But uh, I was on some bad teams, on some good teams. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what the difference is. It comes down to each individual doing their individual jobs. That's what makes a good team. And so many times out there, it's one guy breaking down that screws up the whole deal. One guy. It's all it takes to break down. It only takes one guy to make a great play, too, especially on defense. I mean, you can have guys breaking down and somebody come in and get a quarterback sack, and it doesn't matter. You can have uh, one guy make a heck of a play when the other ten are getting whipped. It doesn't matter. On offense, one guy breaks down the whole thing. The whole thing just goes down the tubes. But uh, I can't think of much, uh, much to build on from this year. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hello, Daniel. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Fine. How are you? Doing all right. I mean, uh, well, tough, tough pill to swallow this morning, but uh, I just had a quick question, and I'll hang up and listen to you. I saw a report last night where uh, one guy said, and I won't mention any names because I know how camps get act, but uh, basically saying now that the game was over, they wanted to say that there were some guys that hadn't showed up for practice the last couple of weeks because – they didn't want to spend Christmas at the Liberty Bowl. I don't know if there's any, you know, truth to it or not, but I'll hang up just see if you've heard anything about it, and I'll listen to you. Thank you, guys, and go Big Orange. Um, okay, Daniel, I have not heard that from uh, – I don't know about that. I, I haven't heard just what you said, that there were some players – when you say didn't show up to practice, that means they were not there as opposed to not practicing hard. That's the way I take that. I, I don't know of any players that didn't show up to practice, and I don't know of any that said they don't want to go to the Liberty Bowl because they don't want to spend Christmas in Memphis. I have not. I don't know about that. So I can't confirm that one. Uh, let's go to John. John, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Hello, John. Hello. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I have a comment and a question, please. Uh, I would like to observe that on Wednesday, uh, Tennessee's top five basketball team played a game against Louisville. It started at 5 o'clock and ended about 7.15, and there was zero coverage in the new Sentinel for that game. Yesterday, they played football starting at 4 o'clock and ending at the same time, 7.15, and there's five pages of coverage in the new Sentinel. I I think... uh, that's a sad statement regarding the programs at Tennessee. The question I have is I've observed that uh, a few of the football players that I watched yesterday have a real tight band around the arm near the elbow. What is that for and why do they wear it? I think it's to make their arms look bigger. I don't know, ornament. Looks like it might cut the blood off. I don't. I don't know what they. I don't know what they do that for. Uh, never understood it. Uh, everybody on the team 
rubs eye black on their faces. Linemen, defensive yeah. linemen. I yeah. mean, it's all just ornamental, as far as I can tell, yeah. and unnecessary. Hey, well, John, let me uh, let me mention this about the new Sentinel. I've worked there for 13 years. I can tell you, this is what I believe happened on the Wednesday to Thursday. Thursday is Thanksgiving, and they put that paper to bed really early, and that's that would be a main reason, a big reason why you didn't read coverage of the basketball team because they put that paper to bed early so they can have Thanksgiving off. That's a that's a fair explanation, but I've observed that there's a enormous difference in the coverage, uh, and the the basketball team is really top flight. The football team is mediocre at best. It just doesn't make sense to me. Let's well, talk about yeah. let's talk about the basketball team for just a second. I mean, I I am so impressed with what Rick Barnes has accomplished, and he didn't do it with five stars, Jimmy. Uh, last year, last year, his top seven players were all three star players, all of them. He comes, he's picked thirteenth, and wins the whole conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, we finished about like we were picked in football. He made a difference. Finished as a worse than they were picked. He he made a uh, yeah. he made a he's making a difference as a coach. I yeah. can't say that about our football coaches right now, but he's making a difference. And they had a heck of a game against Kansas. Kansas hey, yeah. is one of the three or four best teams in the country, and they went into overtime. Had a chance to win that ball game. Yeah. This is going to be an exciting year for men's it, basketball. It sure is. And take that team with the talent they had to overtime. I mean, I was very proud of them. I'm proud of our, uh, I'm proud of our women's soccer team. Uh, soccer team made the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament for the first time ever and lost to Stanford, which has not lost in 45 matches. It's yeah. a great Stanford. Team. I, was, I was I was proud of those young ladies, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of positive stuff going on right now. Unfortunately, the football team's not part of it. Uh, while we're on that, the Lady Vols rallied uh, against UAB down in the Bahamas, down 11 in the fourth quarter. They came back to win that in overtime, and then the volleyball team, which was picked ninth, uh, they finished second in the SEC. Yeah, so I mean, there's some good things going on. We just uh, we got to get things turned around on the gridiron. I'm. Uh, I, I don't think any fans are any more disappointed than I am this morning. It's been very difficult to sit here and rehash it. It was difficult to watch it. Um, it just sticks in your craw, as Coach Majors would have said. You lose to Vanderbilt. That's uh, And to do it three times in a row. And take my hat off to them. I mean, I don't have a hatred of Vanderbilt. I just hate losing to them. I think there's a difference. Uh, and, and none of those games were very close. No, no. That's a... About double figures. I'll be glad to see the last of Shermer. I'll go help him pack. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jeremy Pruitt might be with you. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Jason. Jason, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? Okay. Hey, uh, quick question. One of the callers alluded to earlier about the uh, strength of the lineman, uh, and maybe this is better for Tim. How strong is strong enough? compete in the SEC. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that listen that's played football and lifts weights, and you don't need to hear about all that, but I've been in that weight room before, and we used to have quarterbacks that's bench pressing over 400 pounds, and i just kind of like to know where those guys are at and what it's going to take to get them there. I worked out over there a long time, even after I finished playing for UT. I would work out there in the summertime. During my professional career, and I never heard of a quarterback benching 400 pounds. I must have, 
I must have been asleep. I didn't see many college kids benching four hundred. CJ Leak, I believe. Uh, really, the uh, strongest yeah. quarterback I know of, John, that came through here was Brandon Stewart, and he he benched almost four hundred. He was a uh, he was he was into weightlifting. That's the strongest quarterback I'm aware of. He was just short of four hundred. I did not know that about Chris Leak. I know. I remember when I was playing tackle with the Vikings, and I put four skillets on each side of that bench when I came back here, and there would be a crowd in the weight room watching me because they'd never seen it before. Nowadays, right. I think four hundred is a is a good goal. You get your lineman benching four hundred, but there's also a functional strength. You got to got to clean. You got to pick mm-hmm. that weight up off the floor. Uh, you right. got to you know just a bench press is not necessarily a football related lift. Those cleans and those squats and front squats. Um, right. You got to have squat. core. You got to have core strength too. And what's strong enough, I think that depends on – let me sum it up like this. I was watching my son practice, and we played at Duke, and I was out there watching practice. And the offensive line coach, Latina, at that time, told him, he said, uh, Connor, he said, put your hands up there as much as you want to. As soon as you can bench press 500 pounds, it would be okay to put your hands up there like that. So a technique can get – a better technique can get can make a guy look stronger. So it's somewhere it's, – it's a combination between technique and strength. Uh, but you got to find uh, that medium that works for you, and we didn't have too many guys finding it this year. Jason, we appreciate it. When we come back, we'll have more. We'll continue to take your phone calls, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Big Orange football, Big Orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Timmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Big Orange football, Big Orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Timmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Man, uh, see the play. <laughs> I mean, just uh, like I said, just being, like I said, it all comes back to sustaining. You know, it's a lot of people that can do one thing for one play, but can you do it again? That's what the game of football is about. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Uh, you know, everybody makes great plays, but it's consistently making great plays, consistently, you know, showing the effort, consistently, uh, you know, executing every single day, every single play on the field. So that's one thing we have to learn how to do. As Tennessee defensive end Kyle Phillips when asked, what does it look like when players are not buying in? Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900. Uh, let's go to Daniel. Daniel, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Hey, guys. How's it going? Okay, Daniel. Uh, um, man, I was proud of that basketball team. They got in there with a big heavyweight, and they about took the game. And as far as the uh, the football, I really think we'll see a big step next year, too. Um, the players, I think, are undersized. They're, they're running two, new techniques, new offense, new defense. Um, I think we'll see a big step next year, especially when he starts getting his players in. And uh, going back to our class, and we're supposed to be – uh, I don't understand how Vanderbilt and them supposed to have better players than we are. It just shows that Butch Jones just didn't coach them up. Um, their strength ain't there. Um, they were here for a different offense anyway than what we're running on offense and defense. 
I think once you get the new players in and after a year or two of them learning that these new coaches, we'll see a big step. And I, I think everybody will be happy with the coaches. I'll get off here and listen to you. Okay, Daniel, appreciate it. Uh, Daniel mentioned that they were here for a different offense. Uh, Tim, the offensive line had a little bit of a different scheme with the, the zone read that they ran. Uh, but how much, do, how much do you think it has set the offensive lineman back by blocking in a different scheme, or do you think it wouldn't matter? What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think that they're comfortable <clears throat> with uh, the new system yet. Uh, they should be by the end of the year, but they've got a lot of uh, missing parts. they got a different center than they started with, a different left tackle. Move guys around. There's not much continuity. Um, I don't think they were playing very good in the old system either, though. So some of both. I don't think they have the talent to play in either system. And I don't think I think the changing hasn't helped them. Uh, everything just looks slow. The whole mm-hmm. team looks slow in every aspect of the game. <clears throat> everything we do looks like we're thinking about it before we do it. And uh, until that changes, until you practice enough to get comfortable and completely confident in what you're doing, you're going to see results like we've seen this year. Daniel said he thinks he'll take a big step next year. Um, right now, Tim, I'm having trouble seeing that because I don't think the offensive line is going to take a big step. I don't think the defensive line losing three seniors will take a big step. Uh, and to me, if you're not very good on the line of scrimmage, which Tennessee is not, in my opinion, I don't know that you can take a big step. And maybe a big step would be winning three or four SEC games instead of two. <laughs> maybe so. I mean, if they get to a big step to me, I guess would be, I don't know, five wins to seven. Yeah. I'm not sure if they can do that. We'll see. Uh, let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, mm-hmm. Not going to talk about football at all. The reason I'm calling you guys this morning is to thank you for your shows this season. You do a great, a great job. Uh, Wadra Vays does a great job. I know he's not there with you this morning. But you guys always take my calls. Uh, the University of Tennessee is a good community. You guys are part of it, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I, I just hope you guys have as much to be thankful for this Christmas as I do. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas, and I'll hang up and listen to your calls. And uh, thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Well, Chris, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call, and happy holidays to you as well. Uh, let's go to Gary. Gary, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Good morning. I appreciate you all taking my call. Uh, I just had a question, you know, the coach keeps talking about going back to fundamentals and every time I see us out there trying to tackle with the, uh, you know, just pushing somebody with your shoulder or pushing them out of bounds, what happened to the wrapping up? And, you know, all the missed tackles yesterday, I think. That's a, a part reason that we lost that game. I think it's a big reason we lost the game. Um, several, uh, several times, a couple of, I mean, at least three times I can think of we had the guy stopped for a loss. He breaks that tackle and goes down the field nine or ten yards, picks up a first down. Uh, just breaks my heart when I see that. Uh, we're not good tacklers on the corner. Um Linebackers picking the wrong sides, uh, wrong hole to run through, and letting the back have a cutback and zipping up the middle. 
that I thought our tackling was atrocious yesterday, maybe the worst I've seen all year. Well, I thank you for taking my call. I appreciate you guys. Okay, Gary, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning. Good morning there, Tim. Hey, uh, yeah, I want to second that other guy's call on, on your show there, Jim, and you uh, in particular, which I have mentioned before. I really appreciate everything. Your honesty, your clarity, and your uh, integrity. Thank but, you. But uh, to get to what I was going to talk about, I, I made a call I guess last week or so, I think they kind of missed the point of what I was talking to in the morning show. I, I was a military guy, and and, uh, and you know, what I'm looking at is the fact that, if, if I'm not mistaken, Pruitt, Coach Pruitt is still doing the defensive coordinating, right? Yeah, he's calling the defensive signals, that's correct. Okay. You can't, uh, I think one of the big problems that Tennessee's had all year is a it's basically a leadership crisis on the coaching staff. And what I'm saying about that is, you know, it, you can't have a guy who's a division commander in the Army trying to run his brigades and his battalions and the division at the same time. You know, you have a, a breakdown in leadership for a reason. And I'm not talking about on the field. There's problems there. But I'm talking about from the leadership that runs everything. Like, Philip Fulmer's not out there trying to coach the football team. You know, he's got his own job to do. Uh, uh, and, and Jeremy Pruitt, as a as a uh, coach, head coach, has got a, a certain job to do, and he needs to give the responsibilities to the people under him and let them do their job. And if they don't do the job the way he likes it done, then he can find somebody else, just like you'd find a new company commander or a new battalion commander. You know, and, and when you have a leader who is trying to do everybody else's job under him, you don't have a leader. You've got a chaos, you've got chaos, you got a mess. And that's basically my take on this whole season. Well, Mike, it's interesting. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I don't know that many defensive coaches that call the defensive signals, uh, head coaches that call the defensive signals the way Pruitt's done it. I can name you. Some offensive coordinators, some head coaches who served as their own offensive coordinators that had success. Uh, Steve Spurrier did it for a number of years. He finally re- relinquished it, but he did it. <clears throat> David Cutcliffe did it for a while, then he gave it up. Uh, Gus Malzahn has done it. Houston Nutt has done it. There have been some on the offensive side that I know that have been head coaches that call their own plays. Eventually, they acquiesce to someone else. Uh, but, Tim, do you think that's a distraction to a head coach to try to serve as either a defensive signal caller or an offensive play caller. No, the one I was thinking about is from pro football. Zimmer calls the defense for the Vikings is mm-hmm. best I can tell. I okay. think it happens. Sean Sean Payton's had a very good year calling the offense for the Saints. I think, yeah. uh, you know, first of all, let me thank that guy for his service, yes. uh, first of all. Um, but I think it's okay for the head coach to also be the signal caller. I don't think that's fatal. Um there are head coaches that take a hands-off approach. Bud Grant basically decided whether we went for it on fourth and one or punted and made some calls on the special teams. He was more of a supervisor than an active coach. Other guys have been very active, and it's worked for them. Um, Holmgren used to call all the plays mm-hmm. when he first started. Um, Green Bay's had a pretty successful run with coaches that do that, actually. 
So I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen it work both ways. I guess it depends on who you are and what your background is. I don't think Pruitt thinks there's anybody can call as good a game as he does on defense, and I think he's comfortable doing that. I don't think that's a problem. I think execution is a problem. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. When we come back, we'll have more. If you want to join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Orange football, big orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Big Orange Football, Big Orange Topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Sports Radio, WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Man, it's Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Honestly, I said it early in the week, we're going to get Vanderbilt's best game. So, I mean, we just got to come out stronger and that's Shai Tuttle talking about uh, last night's game, Vanderbilt 38-13 to over Tennessee. It was 17-0 at halftime. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. There's another cut from uh, Shai Tuttle I want to run, and uh, he was asked about what does he see for Tennessee going forward with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach. Oh, coach Pruitt's definitely got the program in the right direction. I mean, he's going to get some guys in here that want to play, and if you don't want to play, then shoot you. We're going to get up out of here. So. Uh, that is uh, from Shai Tuttle, a senior. Your thoughts on that comment? If you don't want to play, get up out, get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess, uh, like I said, sources close to the program told me they were back to practicing football. And maybe the hard work is uh, – Cause some people to have some reservations. I don't know that, and I don't know any specifics. But that's what you'd think from his last comment. Yeah, uh, you would. And I there was very, very little attrition with this team this past year. There were two that left the program um, early on. One was a quarterback, Quentin Darmody, went to Houston. And then there was a player that got dismissed, Ryan Thaxton. And that's it. I'm going to suggest I think there'll be quite a bit more attrition between now and August, maybe even the spring. Maybe there needs to be. Possibly, yep. Uh, let's go back to the phones where Ricky is our next caller. Ricky, you're on Sunday, Sports Sandoff. Good morning. Hey, Ricky. Oh, hey, good morning. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. Um, I just don't buy a couple of the last callers who are saying, well, you got to give him time to get his recruits in there and – get into their strengthening and conditioning program, and, 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 he, and he's got to get his athletes. What I saw yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, he recruited Alante Taylor, who had missed tackle after missed tackle. And, you know, you look around the league, you look at, uh, you know, Bob Shoup, who's, you know, it's, it's a different system at Mississippi State than they were running there before. He's doing a phenomenal job there, which, by the way, he was hamstrung by Butch Jones. You look at what Dan Mullen's been able to do with Florida, who came off a uh, you know four, same record four and eight, and they're nine and three this year. I just to me this this place, the university, the athletic program, is in such disarray, or the football program. I mean, I know y'all mentioned women's soccer and bowling and volleyball and all that, but I mean, let's we, we didn't mention program, bowling now. The, we did not mention bowling. 
Okay, Let me well, correct I'm, you right sorry, there. We talked about men's yeah, basketball, sorry. women's basketball, girls' volleyball, and right. soccer. And soccer, women's volleyball yeah. and soccer. Yeah. Right, but but my point is, football is is the front porch of 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 the university. And to me, there's just so much. I mean, and it's not just the staff. I mean, it's it's the people who covered. It. It's the broadcast team, and with all due respect, who can't get names right, not just for the opposing players, but for our own players, mispronouncing names, telling us one receiver caught the ball who didn't catch the ball. It's it's, it's reports like we saw last night on Twitter that said that Tyson Helton was going to be fired, and then Jimmy, I think you reported that Tyson Helton wasn't going to be fired, and that, that's what Jeremy Jeff- Pruitt told me. I'm sorry. That's what Jeremy Pruitt told me last right. night. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, no, no. I agree. I'm, I'm just talking about the misreporting, and 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 then you telling us Jeff Brom's going to be your coach, and then he's not going to be our coach, and 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 Reed Sickman's going to be our athletic director because that's what Jimmy Coach and Shorts told you to tell us, and then no, that's not true. Hey, Ricky, director. Ricky, hold on, hold on, hold on. I never said that. I said don't be surprised if he is named an interim. Because I was told that he might be the interim before Philip Fulmer takes over. I never reported he was going to be the athletic director. You're 100% wrong, okay? So, do you okay. want to continue or not? Well, I can continue, but, I mean, true or not, your source is Jimmy Coaching short. That you, you, I mean, you're his mouthpiece, Jimmy. Come on. You're a liar. You're a liar, was, Ricky. Thank you very much. We'll move on to Bob. Bob, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, hi, Jimmy. Uh, just appreciate your show. Um, I echo the sentiments of the previous caller that you guys uh, are just on on the mark. Uh, your clarity, uh, uh, you just can understand you so so well. Uh, my question is, and I've heard this a few times this year about the players buying in. I mean, uh, I kind of have an idea that, what, they just don't want to play for the coach or the the coach can't coach them. What is your uh, definition of the players buying in? And, uh, again, thank you for a great show, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Bob. Tim, you went through coaching change at Tennessee Um, when when John Majors came in. uh, Talk a little bit about what Bob is asking in terms of players buying in. Well, the older players particularly, I think they feel some resentment because uh, usually when a new staff comes in, they're not uh, shy about telling you you guys weren't good enough. Um, Coach Majors had just won a national championship, came in here, and basically it was a uh, scorched earth policy. Only 30 of the 30 guys I started with, only nine of them, finished out all their football eligibility. I remember the movie Junction Boys where Bear Bryant came to Texas A&M and ran all those guys off. And I thought uh, what we did here at Tennessee made Junction Boys look like a picnic at the lake. Uh, there weren't, weren't many of us left, but the ones that were left were pretty good football players. Uh, I think there's a little bit of that going on right now at the University of Tennessee. And... Uh, I think the expectations and the workload in practice picked up significantly with the coaching change, and some of the guys probably didn't handle it as well as others. I think that's what we're talking about. I don't think it's anything unusual. My take on this, on Jeremy Pruitt's initial season, is kind of neutral. Yes, I agree that he didn't have the talent to win much more than he won, but I don't think he did anything as a coach to distinguish himself with the talent that he had. 
So I just kind of give him a C, C minus somewhere in there. Uh, I didn't think he was any any more impressive than anybody else. Just kind of out there and a mediocre year and a terrible ending. What's interesting is that Kirby Smart, when he took over Georgia uh, this past year at the SEC Football Media Days, he said, my first year at Georgia, we didn't have complete buy-in. And they went eight and five, I think. He said it wasn't until year two we had complete buy-in. What happened in year two? They won the SEC and played for national championship. But he mentioned that he didn't have complete buy-in, even as good as Georgia was the first year he was there. It's hard to establish with, with complete buy-in. You can yeah. get a lot of them on board, but to get everybody on board is kind of tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, that'll get better over time, and he'll leave whatever mark he's going to leave on this program, but we won't know for uh, a couple more years probably. Uh, let's go to Tim. Tim, you're on Sunday, Sports Sound Off. Good morning. Well, good morning to you. How are you doing today? Okay. How are you doing, guys? All right. Had better mornings, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, well, you know, we all have. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the Lord woke us up. And, and one thing, it, it, what I want to say, you're talking about the fundamentals and the playing the game. If I remember in 1998, the national championship, we had T. Martin as quarterback. I was good friends with T. Martin, okay? And I still am good friends with Tim Martin. But anyway, it's like it's right here. The coaching staff let him call, let the quarterback, they trusted in the quarterback, and let him call the plays on the field. And we went 13-0, and national championship. You know, and if I'm not mistaken, I, mean, I do believe that's the way. And, you know, the players played the game, not the coaches played for the players. I'm not. I'm not saying nothing bad about the coaching staff. I believe we're going to grow, and I, you know, and I really believe that Tennessee is going to go forward, and um, I really believe that. I mean, I bleed orange. Well, let, let me say this on the play calling in the T. Mart. Now, this is this is what I think was going on. I th- David Cutcliffe called the plays, but what they allowed T. Martin to do was, if he got to the line of scrimmage and he thought the numbers were better to run left than right, he could check to that. We used to call it listen but, to me. You called the play, and he told you which way it was going once you got to the line of scrimmage, yeah. but you didn't change the play. It's called, yeah, right. A lot of teams call it listen to me. It's an audible. We're going to run one way or the other depending on how they line up. Right. So I, I think he had limited ability to change plays is what I'm saying. So he he didn't go out there and just call his own game. That did not happen. David uh, well, I, under, was I understand exactly what you're saying right there, and that's okay. really not the way he worded it, but he did, ha- he did have – he did have authority to actually, like you said, and I trust your judgment and I trust what you're saying, to actually change the play if he's seen something that was irregular in the defense. I saw Garantano do that several times last night. Oh, yeah, I like him. I wish they would put complete faith in him and give him the opportunity to, to play that way because, um, you know, I mean, you really you really got to you, – you have to get – a lot of people don't give T. Martin the credit, but T. Martin – he was a he was an exceptional quarterback. He's got a street named after him. Yeah, he's yeah. like a, you know like a, like Peyton Manning. You know, yeah. they both got streets named after him. Oh yeah, I know. I already know. Yeah, and uh, I already know. And um, <laughs> we need I to get Tim uh, Irwin Avenue over there. Yeah, no, <laughs> Alley. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would just like to. I would just like to see Tennessee go back. I, and I remember. And talking about Johnny Majors earlier and Philip Former, talking about them, they were the. I mean, they they actually portrayed the game upon the second half football team. 
and everybody would come out and they would, you know, and we would give up touchdowns. We would give up points. We would give up points in the first half so the, so the other team would get comfortable. If you remember in the Auburn game, I believe that's where Pruitt went to is the second half football game because Auburn come out and they were exactly, they, they thought they had this game wrapped up. But you know what, Tennessee second half, what happened? Oh, Tennessee won the game. Oh, I already oh. know. Yeah. They, they took control of the game. Okay. And, well, Tim, uh, Tim, I, I believe that Pruitt was going back to the second half rendition of the Tennessee Volunteers. Okay. Well, Tim, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call. When we come back, we'll continue to take your phone calls. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Big Orange football. Big Orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Big Orange football, Big Orange topics. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin and your host, Timmy Hines. Sports Radio WNML. Presented by Window Works, East Tennessee's replacement windows and siding experts. Well, you know, we first of all, we just need to win a game. You know, we need to win a game. Um, the extra practices, um, you know. That, that obviously you, you're going to get better if you do get to practice, but um, you know we got to take what we got. So we need to go back and finish well in the classroom uh, and start our off-season condition. You know, so I don't know. This is new for me. That's Jeremy Pruitt when asked about missing a bowl game and losing out on the extra practices that you're afforded in that case. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit more from Jeremy Pruitt. He was asked after the game, was there a reason that Tennessee didn't seem to work the middle of the field offensively much against Vanderbilt? Um, well, you know, we're we're banged up at wide receiver. You know, Jawan's been kind of, you know, not not as full speed, you know, for the last couple of weeks, and he's, he's really tried to push through, um, you know, and, and – Quez is, was down a little bit this week, so we tried to keep a plan that we could execute. Um, we lost Niehaus on Tuesday and then lost Jameer the first half. So, um, you know, to throw the ball down the middle, you gotta you got to protect a little bit, and uh, we tried to get the ball out of, our, out of our quarterback's hands. With some of the depth issues that Tennessee had late in the season, uh, did Pruitt get a sense that over the last couple of weeks the team didn't have much left in the tank? Um, you know, you can call it what you want to. Uh, we ain't finished very well in November in a long time, okay? So uh, this is the first year I've been here. I, I thought we played the first two weeks. We've done a good job um, and competed pretty hard until we had some turnovers against Missouri, who was a good football team. You know, today we didn't execute very well uh, defensively, uh, had bust, didn't tackle very well. Uh, I think it was evident, you know, there's probably three third downs that they throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and there's a guy from me to you, and we don't touch them. So they run for first downs. Um, you know, so, but you got to give Vanderbilt credit for that. I mean, we got to tackle the guys, you know, we got to get open, we got to be able to run the football. So I don't know if that's being tired. Uh, I, I just think it means they've done better than we did. 
Pruitt was asked what disappoints him the most about the last two weeks and how the team finished the season. Um, well, the most disappointing thing is is lack of fundamentals on both sides of the ball. That's coaching. Um, you know, um, probably not getting our players in a better chance to have success, you know. Um, but it's like I told the guys in there, you know. I mean, and it is. It is what it is. If you look at the – I mean, because they got the – everybody's got jumbotrons, right? So they run the ball between me and this bottom. There's a guy blocking here and somebody's blocking me. And, you know, you're going to get fitted up if I give you the pin and you can draw and draw the offensive line play. You know, you can fit everybody up. Somebody has to get off and make plays, you know. Uh, they did that to us. We didn't to them. You know, it's pretty simple. They they caught contested balls. We didn't catch contested balls. They tackled in space. We didn't tackle in space. It's pretty simple. A couple of comments from Kyle Phillips, Tennessee senior defensive end. He was asked, how would you describe last night? Uh, Yeah, um, they definitely they definitely took it to us. Uh, they wanted it more than us, and uh, every time we tried to make a play, they came right back with a punch. So uh, they definitely earned this victory. Um it's a tough battle, but, yeah, they just they took it to us. Phillips was asked how he felt walking off the field and taking off that Tennessee jersey for the last time. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. Um, and Tennessee has just been, you know, it's been great to me my whole career here. Um, man, I had a lot of great memories and that I'll never, that I'll never uh, forget. So I'm proud to wear the T, you know, even with the loss. But, you know, when I leave here, I just know that I gave my all and I did I done what I could do uh, while my time was here. So battling injuries and you know all the you know all the hard things that you know I went through and the teams went through and this programs went through. I mean I'll never forget it and you know it's something I'll always re- uh, remember. It's a great program in Tennessee. You know we'll get back on top one day. Tennessee defensive end Kyle Phillips. Uh, Tim Tennessee ends up with a disappointing uh, loss to Vanderbilt and then to Missouri as well. Um, going forward, obviously they got to fix the offensive line. What are the other things you see this program has to get done? Well, I think that's the number one need is some more offensive linemen, but I think right behind that's the defensive line. And these young guys in the secretary got to get a lot better. I think some of them show some promise, but they got to get a lot better at recognition, tackling, and we got to get some speed on the team from somewhere. Uh, you like the uh, practices, uh, at least the changes in practice that Pruitt's made? Well, yeah, they're all about football to me, and they're not. You don't need the distractions and the music and the megaphones and the bells and whistles. You just need fundamentals. I think he recognizes that. Tim Irwin, I appreciate it. That'll wrap up another year. Thank you so much for joining us. Things have got to get better, Vol Nation. Keep your heads up. They do. And this is this is our last edition. This has been Sunday Sports Sound Off.